0: Welcome back to podcast. This is Dan
1: and I'm EJ.
0: Um, We're so excited that you're back with us again. Thanks for sticking around and coming back. Um, What we wanted to talk about today was the critical response to cats,
1: right? Because last week we left off with the actual making of the movie, right?
0: Yeah, like the the production of the movie Mm -hmm. and sort of like we did start to maybe hint at some places where Tom Hooper went wrong, Mm -hmm. uh, started to sort of hone in on some of his tragic flaws. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we didn't actually talk about what the response was, what people thought, what critics thought and how it all kind of went down in the lead up to the release of the movie and after the release of the movie.
1: Can I make a guess?
0: Please. People didn't like it. Yeah, You know you know, people didn't like people it. People didn't really like it. People didn't like it, right? We talk, we've already talked about it before a little bit. This, this movie has 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> That's probably one of the it's worst so scores ever. Like, I don't think I read one good review. You know, people basically are, are still going to see this movie, but only to make fun of it.
1: I did feel like the, I, I saw, like, one or two okay reviews, and even the okay reviews were kind of like, come on, guys, it's not that bad.
0: Yeah, or I saw some reviews that were like, listen, it's not good, it's not bad, it's just, it's cats. Mm-hmm.
1: Which is, I think, the stance that we sort of take.
0: Sort of. Okay. I We'll get into our stance later, because okay. I think that we have what, I mean, I think I... I don't want to spoil it, but basically I think that I hoped more people would have the view that we do. And I, I'm coming to the conclusion that maybe not that many people do. But listener, tell us. Do you agree with us? You'll tell us at the end of the episode, please.
1: Wait, what's our view?
0: Well, well, we'll get to it. Okay, we're so we're going to talk
1: about... So this episode is actually going to be about our views of cats.
0: I think this episode is about our, the critical response and then what we think.
1: Yeah, so how we feel.
0: How we feel about what the critics said and then how we actually feel about the movie and
1: oh my yeah. god i feel like i was born for this episode this is, yeah, this, is <laughs> this is what we've this, been talking about for two months <laughs> this is why we've
0: made this podcast because, <laughs> yeah. because we were just talking about this so much in every possible <laughs> over text over phone in person in front of our significant others from every angle from every angle in front of our friends and it was so isolating to everyone around us our families then we had to we just needed an outlet for it and
1: i feel like 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 so So you saw it again um, for the fourth time.
0: I did. We yeah. both at this point seen it four times. We both th-
1: at this point seen it four times, three times together. Um, Once I saw it separately and once you saw it separately. And I feel like, so you saw it last Friday with our friends. And I feel like we, w- we were having the same conversation that we had had probably a dozen other times before <laughs> right. about the same point. On
0: the group thread with our friends who did not want to hear about it. We had an entire conversation, like a, Pages long text (laughs) conversation, making the same points we made the first time we saw it.
1: But it felt it felt like we were just making
0: it. It just feels new every time. It feels
1: new every time. It feels like we're making a new point about cats every time. And I will say that every time I see cats, um, I was thinking about this the last time I saw cats, is that I feel like I can more acutely see where the filmmakers went right and where they went wrong. Uh huh both on like on from both angles and i feel like it's more clear to me every time and it's still not crystal clear like i think i need to see it like probably five or six more times well sure when we will yeah oh uh, absolutely we will before the dvd comes out yeah. but um but well, i
0: can't wait as an aside i can't wait for that fucking dvd
1: do you even have a dvd player
0: uh, I have a drive that I can attach to my laptop. But, there's a yeah. director's commentary. There's directors. I mean, there might be. I, I I think I saw a DVD listing, and there's definitely a lot of behind the scenes like footage. It's. I mean, I can't wait for that. So he
1: must have recorded that before the movie came
0: out. Yes, he recorded a lot of. I think behind <laughs> the scenes footage. Maybe I hope for a commentary. Pray for a commentary. No, no. I saw
1: that the, he's definitely doing a commentary. really. Uh-huh. Oh,
0: thank God. Yeah, so he recorded a lot of this before he realized that this was going to be the biggest disaster of his career.
1: That's going to be amazing to listen to.
0: Yeah. Oh my god, to listen to and to watch. Yeah.
1: Can we? Can we have a separate episode when that comes out? For
0: sure. I mean, that'll probably be the beginning of the second season.
1: Okay. All right. So let's let's get into the critical reception of. of okay. Cats. So
0: critical reception of cats. We ended up at it already. Um, when you Google cats reviews, what's the word? They have like a sort of like a. You know, like a way of combining all the a reviews. A module? A module is, there, is it like
1: it's it's like a grid where it's like, oh, this outlet said this and this outlet said that and they pull they like. They do have
0: books. that and they also have mm. sort of like an amalgamation of all the reviews. They have what they call the top voted tags, the tags from the reviews. Like the like buzzwords. The use the buzzwords used most. Buzzwords use I see. Most, okay. Uh or the ones that maybe Google users voted most. And mm. so those words for cats are Cringeworthy, disturbing, (laughs) unsettling, awkward, boring, creepy, bad acting, terrifying, gross, confusing. Who said boring? Apparently a lot of people said boring. Why would you say that it's boring? Well, I mean, you know, we'll get to it. Okay. I think you and I both have some reasons that you could call it boring.
1: Okay, go on. um,
0: Okay, so... And then just to get into some of the things that were said about cats. Um, the Beat said famously, Cats is the worst thing to happen to cats since dogs.
1: The fuck is the beat?
0: I don't know, but that was a very, very uh, often quoted review.
1: Boy, I bet that writer was real proud of himself. Oh, I'm sure
0: he was. For coming up with that one. He he, he put the beat on the map with that line. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Completely undeservedly, I might add, knowing nothing about the beat, but
0: okay. Okay, some more specific reviews. The Hollywood Reporter says, in addition to the generally off-putting appearance of the cats, the proportions are all wrong with respect to their surrounding environment. Sometimes they go from appearing minuscule to giant sides within the the same scene.
1: Right, we discussed that last week.
0: So, yeah, I mean, we discussed that happening in production. The reviews, as we can see, are picking up on it. The scale has totally got off. And
1: that's literally because, as we discussed last week, the scale was inconsistent and changed constantly. Right, right. We
0: know that the scale actually was inconsistent. People picked up on it, in addition mm-hmm. to the off-putting CGI uh, cats. Mm-hmm. Um, they continue when Hamilton choreographer Andy Blankenbuehler assembles much of the large ensemble and the dance number that officially kicks off the Jellicle Ball. They just look like hairy naked humans wearing cat ears.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, it's not wrong. Ouch!
0: Um. <laughs> it's not wrong. This is from Collider. If you saw the first trailer for Cats, you've probably been bracing yourself for a cinematic disaster of epic proportions. That preparation will serve you well if you choose to see the finished film—a boondoggle of terrible source material mixed with directions so poor the Academy should repossess Tom Hooper's Best Director's Oscar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they continue watching. Cats makes you feel like you're going slowly insane. <laughs> okay. So there. <laughs> Not wrong. But
1: <laughs> Not a bad thing though to me.
0: No. It, yeah, I like that. It's an thing. asset, so, in yeah, my opinion. Sure. Okay, but so they're attacking this even further. They're attacking the source material.
1: Right, which I take on bridge with.
0: Yes. Which I know you take on bridge with. I too. do take on bridge with. They directly attack Tom Hooper, say he should lose his best best director, Oscar, which he won for the King's Speech. Mm-hmm. Um and they mentioned the trailer. And what we should mention is that this movie, ever since the trailer came out, people were really set to not like it.
1: Right. So I I actually can't remember if we discussed that last week, but I remember the trailer came out in like July or something of 2019, right?
0: That sounds and right. I think it was the summer, yeah.
1: And I remember at work it was the only thing that anyone could talk about. Uh-huh. And it was it was kind of like how we when we walked out of the movie like for seeing it the first time, like it felt like people just needed to process what they had seen.
0: <laughs> right. Like we saw the opening night and then ever it was a very uh sparsely attended showing Mm -hmm. but everyone sort of like huddled together afterwards around the (laughs) bathrooms like people who had never met each other before we're in new york city so it's not like people are generally friendly and talkative but we all were sort of like thank you for experiencing that with us like uh you know everyone just like needed uh to sort of process it a little bit together
1: yeah that that was the mood around the office um after the trailer came out and yeah and and everybody they commented on the CGI they commented on the scale they commented on um Tom Hooper's commentary about um digital for technology that was like a big meme right um so they knew from the beginning that it would be something we hadn't seen before
0: Right, and they saw and they saw the digital fur technology in action, and they didn't like an it early like... version of it, mm-hmm. right? Which then set, of, of course, set off Tom Hooper on his journey of continuing to tweak the CGI, like little by little, and thinking that that was the real problem with the movie,
1: mm-hmm. which we established it was not.
0: Well, yes, we established it was not, and we'll talk more about that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple more, three more, quick ones. Okay. The LA Times. With its grotesque design choices and busy metronomic editing, Katz is as uneasy on the eyes as a Hollywood spectacle can be, tumbling into an uncanny valley between mangy realism and dystopian artifice. So that one I liked just because um, okay, so it mentions the editing.
1: What's metronomic editing?
0: Like I think they're thinking like it's a met- like a metronome where it's like beating and then like every second or even less than a second, it's the camera is switching. There's no long shots.
1: I feel like every Guy Ritchie movie falls in that category, though. Uh
0: Uh-huh. But are they dance movies?
1: No. But, but, you know, if you're thinking of, like, you know, very fast-paced cutting and editing, like, I wouldn't think of Cats as, like, the main offender.
0: Right. I think a lot of the criticism was, and I'll agree with it, was that um, for a dance musical, like, there should have been more long shots where you can simply enjoy the dancing. Right. That's true. Like... Like the the short edit metronomic editing combined with the uh, disconcerting CGI, mm-hmm. I think was maybe a problem for a lot of people. Okay. <laughs> then the fina- The Financial Times says it's quite worryingly erotic. <laughs> um, worryingly, worryingly erotic. And this was another criticism that I heard a lot. Right. And so let's talk about this one first. So okay. one of the so the main points the critics had. Right. We've talked about them a little bit already. This one that it's too horny, Eh. worryingly erotic. Mm -hmm. I call bullshit because guess what? It's not as horny as the musical is.
1: You think it's less horny than the musical? I think it's
0: potentially less horny than the musical.
1: I think it's as horny as the musical, but in different ways.
0: And okay, I mean, in the musical, Rum Tum Tugger knocks someone out with his dick.
1: Yes, right. But and that doesn't happen. But that kind of happens. In the movie because... When
0: Victoria just puts her foot into his face?
1: No, when the cats are writhing underneath the cream in the milk bar. Okay. They're writhing okay. underneath his jizz. Like, it's basically the same. When he
0: says, no more milk.
1: <laughs> I, that's my least... Actually, that that's both my least and my most favorite part. I, <laughs> I think about it a lot. No more I, milk.
0: <laughs> milk! I don't think I really, really got it until this last fourth time I've seen it. I was like, that, that I actually got. He says, no more milk. And then milk
1: (laughs) what can you explain it actually can you unpack that because i feel like it's an important moment
0: (laughs) uh rum tum tugger of course the sexy cat in the movie uh is leading all the cat women around dancing for them they're all sort of like smitten with him and they are following him and flirting with him and First, he like kind of does this whole little dance with Victoria, where she flirts with him, and he like pretends to be really interested in her. And then he, then she, it culminates with her, her pushing her leg and her foot into his face sexually. No Uh, more
1: milk, milk. That's what I want to know. I want to know the explanation behind that moment because I, it's it's a it's the craziest part. He leads
0: them into a milk bar, which Mm -hmm. is like the cat's version of an alcohol bar. Mm -hmm. But it says milk bar. There's like there's cats lapping at milk, and there's milk dripping from taps, and they're. Looking it, and then Rum Tum Tugger, as on his way out, mm-hmm. says, "No more milk." <laughs> and then, as he's dancing out, says, "Milk!" <laughs> right? And he goes back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that not what happens?
1: That's exactly. What happens. <laughs> it's so. It's the weirdest part of the movie.
0: It's. uh I don't know about that.
1: I think it is. To me, it, it's such a we. It's like so. So the whole point of the rum of Rum Tum Tugger's song, right, is that like, if if you want to let me in, I'm gonna go out. Like yeah. if you offer me a fish, I'd rather have a rat. He plays uh, hard to get. He he wants the opposite of what he's offered. So I think that's what that moment is trying to say. Oh, but, okay. But it's so clumsily done. <laughs> it's like. It's like if a fourth grader was like trying to make that point, like this is a cat who like just wants whatever he can't have. And so <laughs> the line of dialogue they would write is no more milk, milk.
0: A <laughs> <laughs> fourth grader. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense.
1: But I have a side note about that milk bar detail, okay. actually. That was a real thing for humans.
0: Milk bars? Mm-hmm. When?
1: It was during the prohibition era.
0: Milk bars. So like it was a legal way of people going to a bar.
1: That was the like during the Prohibition era. It was like okay, so you can't have alcohol, but you can have milk.
0: So were these milk bars serving alcohol? Secretly? No, they were serving milk. So these were like these were not speakeasies. These were like they were
1: literal bars for milk.
0: Literal bars bars but that's disgusting. Yeah, it's truly <laughs> revolting. Disgusting.
1: <laughs> um. So anyway, back to the point of horny cats. Yeah. So what what is the exact quote
0: that? It's quite worryingly erotic. It, and why it, is it worrying? That's my question. Well, I think a lot of people found it worrying. And I remember also reading, I don't have the specific quotes, but I remember reading the Twitter reactions and a lot of it was like, cats is way too horny for its own good. It's sexually frustrating. It's just like, why is it so horny? It's about cats. But the show really, like even Tom Hooper himself, and mm-hmm. as we discussed before, admits that it was like very sexy and that the only reason he could see it as an eight-year-old was because they were dressed as cats. That it was so it was such a sexy show that an 8-year-old wouldn't have been able to go had they not been dressed as cats
1: also are we i'm sorry are we living in a universe where cats don't have sex good question like is that is that the world that we live in cuz uh, wake me up
0: yeah you know right right, right. cats sure. fuck of course
1: so apparently this is a problem to some people
0: of course and it, hooper was just look it's not a kids movie he like the horniness is just him continuing the tradition of cats being not a kid's show.
1: Yeah, I think that's the least legitimate criticism there is
0: I of agree. cats. I agree. So yeah, like the critics had their main points were that it was horny. The CGI was unsettling, right? Mm-hmm. People use the this term uncanny valley, like to, to sort of um mm-hmm. to sort of portray it as like it's just close enough to a human being that it's really disconcerting mm-hmm. right the scale was inconsistent the cgi was sometimes like appeared like it wasn't done or like we saw hand, human hands and human wedding rings and human noses and it's kind of just disturbing mm-hmm. uh and that the editing and the camera work is dizzying. so that's what so basically like the criticism for it was all those elements plus What was the little bit disturbing? To me, the disturbing part was basically just a criticism of the musical. Mm -hmm. Like what I didn't like about the reviews were when it was just attacking Cats as a, as a as a piece of art,
1: which I think a lot of the reviews were. They were. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, And a lot of the reviews, of course, when Cats opened on Broadway, were also doing that. But like, what's the point?
1: Like, what did they say that it was saccharine or that there was yeah, there's
0: no plot or whatever you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just like, who needs to hear it? It's Cats. It's already been in existence. Like, we know what Cats is. It's been around since 1980. hmm Like, why do we even need to say that? We're just reviewing the movie.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. So don't
0: criticize the movie for literally just translating what it's supposed to be translating.
1: And I think the movie is best when it stays close to the source material. It too. really is. Truly yeah. Is.
0: So now that we've discussed a little bit um, what the critics thought... Mm-hmm. How about what do we think? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so do, what do you want to start with? What did cats get right or what did cats get wrong?
0: Um, well, I think for me, it's like, what did they get wrong? Like, what in my opinion did they get wrong? And then if they got all those things wrong, it would be right. I mean, sorry, if they didn't get all those <laughs> things wrong, it would be right. Let's start with what did cats get wrong, in our opinion.
1: Okay. Do you want to start?
0: I would like sure I would be happy to start (laughs) (laughs) because here's the deal like I think I saw it with one of our friends right who who said after the movie with a few decisions made differently this movie could have been one of the best movies of all time I agree so yeah shout out to Kathy
1: (laughs) (laughs) a friend of the pod a
0: friend of the pod who certainly is still listening who
1: doesn't actually like the pod (laughs)
0: Um, I think it was, re- it's exactly right. I think with a few big decisions made differently, this would be an incredible movie.
1: Okay. So, what, what are those decisions?
0: Okay. Um, so, the biggest thing, which is you really discussed last time, was just Hooper lacking a cohesive vision. Mm-hmm. Right? Both lacking a cohesive vi- vision and completely lacking humility. <laughs>
1: Well, I think I, I think what you said earlier about, you know, how he was constantly tweaking the CGI up until the moments before the movie premiered shows that he really only thought that good and bad CGI that was like the make or break for this movie. Right. And I I don't think I think that couldn't be further from the
0: truth. I totally agree.
1: Like I think like yes, I think the CGI is Bad and it's noticeably bad, but not to the degree like I, I would actually say the CGI is not the worst thing about the Cats movie. That's
0: I totally agree oh, with You Peter. agree
1: with that? Yes. I didn't know you. We've actually <laughs> never talked about this. This the is the CGI, one angle we haven't exhausted. It's,
0: it's not the worst thing about the movie. And I okay, yeah, I have a lot to say about this. Mm-hmm. I think with there's so much he did wrong that's not even the CGI, but yes, of course, the CGI, the editing, all that stuff, it was bad. Would, it, would the movie have been better if that was better? Yes. But it wouldn't have been good because of what I think are bigger issues with the movie. Well,
1: let's say let's stay with the CGI for a second. So okay. why do you think the CGI, because I would say the CGI is, is uniformly, if anybody has seen Cats, that's the first thing that they usually talk about. Yeah. So why do you think it wasn't as bad as people claim purportedly? Well, it's not that
0: I don't think it was bad. It's that I don't think the movie was bad because the CGI was bad.
1: So you think it was bad. You just don't think it was as bad as other things that failed about the movie.
0: Yeah. I think that okay. had he made a, mo- a better movie, and I'll discuss the ways in which I think he could have made a better movie, mm-hmm. people would have got over the CGI pretty quick. At mm-hmm. least a lot of people. Not everyone. Some people have this really strong reaction to it. I'm not one of those people. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like the first time I saw it, The for maybe the first 10 minutes, I was like a little bit. Whoa. Whoa, what's going on? Like kind of like coming up on an acid trip or something. But then like by the time it was into it, I was not thinking so much about the CGI.
1: Yeah, I mean, we talked about this last week. Like um, Andrew Lloyd Webber himself said, like, I think we would need to if we did Cats as a movie in 2016, like if we if we did Cats as a movie, like we'd need to do it with really good CGI. And I disagree with that interpretation. I, like, I don't think the CGI was necessary. Right.
2: Um.
1: I think that they probably could have kept it very similar to the 1998 version, where it was just, you know, pretty, like, well, very low-budge costumes.
0: Um, I think that that could have been great. Yeah, I think that with with look with a hundred million dollars, they could have like figured out a way to do ha- get some really fucking good makeup, really good prosthetics, and have the performances of the actors stay um like come through.
1: And it's not like they were trying to like it was it was half human, half cat. Like it wasn't like they were trying to sort of telegraph cat, you know, they weren't like, "Oh, here's Jennifer Hudson, but can you tell she's Jennifer Hudson because she's actually a cat." Like it that wasn't what they were going for there. Right. As we discussed, I like I don't think they knew what they were going for, but I agree with you. It, there were far more egregious errors. Yeah. And what, what do you think was a more... But gorgeous- I do
0: think the CGI... Okay, I think something that people didn't really... I did see it mentioned in one or two reviews, but what the problem was with the CGI, in my opinion, besides it being just kind of unsettling, was that it made the dancing seem, like, cheaper. Mm-hmm. Because you never really know. Because we do know, like, in the very beginning, in the opening song, Jellicle songs for Jellicle cats, mm-hmm. we see the cat fly through the air like a flying trapeze. Oh, yeah, that was, quite,
1: that was quite bad, yeah.
0: Right? And so from there, from that very moment, in your head, you are saying, anything these cats are doing could be fake. hmm Right? Because Hooper was so obsessed with having, getting really great dancers, right? And having, okay, we'll talk about the, some of that later. Like, but one of the things he was obsessed with was, Real actors, real dancers, these people are like really training and they're dancing live on set. Mm -hmm. And what we're capturing is the dancing. And then the first scene, one of the first lines, he shows you that anything you see could potentially be not real. That's
1: a good point. Yeah.
0: So it's like, okay, that you, you kind of fucked yourself over right there.
1: Again, he wanted to have his cake and eat it too. Right. He wanted the amazing CGI and he wanted the amazing dancing and like the the performers doing the amazing dancing and singing like in one take, like at the same time, but also amazing CGI. And he didn't understand that like you can't have those two things at the same time. You can't
0: have those two things at the same time.
1: What do you think is worse than the CGI?
0: Well, here's some other ways that I think he messed up. Mm -hmm. The attempts to add dialogue and add a plot. (laughs) Yeah. It didn't help. Okay, none of the dialogue helps. Uh, the dialogue is super clunky. What comes to mind is, how will they be chosen? By singing the song of themselves, of course. That's a line? Yeah. It, 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 that, that is a line directly from the movie. Um, word no. for word, yes. Where'd you get that? I wa- I watched the movie and wrote it down. <laughs> By singing? And double-checked it. I've Read been- it again. Okay, so Victoria the White Cat. How will what,
1: they be chosen, right? right, yeah, right. well, right.
0: when she's asking about, like, basically this is just, this is heavy, heavy exposition, mm-hmm. right? Through dialogue. Um, and she asks, like, how will they be chosen to go to the heavy side lair? Asks Monkey Trap. Mm-hmm. How will they be chosen? Monkey Strap responds. By singing the song of themselves, of course.
1: The song of themselves. Of course. Are you sure you didn't mishear that?
0: Absolutely. I'll show it to you right now if you want. Oh, I mean, I didn't because I don't have a bootleg of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> this dialogue doesn't help. Like, it, it's it's very, very much like show, don't tell, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, You're literally telling the audience what's about to Like, it's ridiculous enough that the plot of Cats is cats singing songs about themselves mm-hmm. so that they can die. But now you're going to tell the audience in character. Like, Victoria is this strange, like, audience proxy. And then mm-hmm. they tell you, like... Even further, outside of the poems, what's going to happen, it's like through like this very clunky exposition. It doesn't work.
1: I agree and disagree. Okay. I agree that the dialogue is some of the worst dialogue I've ever seen in any movie. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. The yeah. cat puns in particular.
0: I was going to get to those. Yeah. The cat puns are awful. Cat got your tongue. Cat Got your tongue. Look what the cat dragged in. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, what is this fucking movie? Are you, like, it's just insulting.
1: It is insulting. I think that the screenwriter, you know, we talk a lot about heroes and villains of the podcast. I yeah. think uh, the screenwriter Lee Hall is actually a villain that we haven't talked about. I agree, he's a villain at length.
0: And I think that I look. I don't. I don't really know much about him, but in my head, he's a villain, and he didn't give a fuck about cats. He didn't All give a he fuck. cared about was Rocket Man, which he also wrote, which I didn't see, but I heard was really good, and it <laughs> came out in the same year as Cats.
1: He farted this out for a paycheck. Yeah. I mean, that that much is clear from yeah, watching yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but up. where I disagree with you is that, so we talked in a previous episode about how um, Andrew Lloyd Webber and the creative team were sort of limited by the fact that T.S. Eliot's estate prevented them from sort of adding on to the story uh-huh. in a significant way. Uh-huh. So here they weren't really limited by that. So they could sort of craft a story. And I thought they did the best they could.
0: Well, okay, so they were... They didn't do
1: much, actually.
0: Andrew Lloyd Webber was limited by having to use T.S. Eliot's poems. Almost
1: exclusively, yes.
0: But he still made up the story.
1: Yes. And... Pretty much. Yes. And and I would say that the movie is actually fairly faithful to the story that Andrew Lloyd Webber crafted. um, With the exception of a couple added elements, that being... The Cavity and right. the Barge.
0: Which doesn't really bother me that much.
1: It doesn't bother me that much either. I'm Macavity fine with and the it. Barge
0: is the one part, the one added part that I'm fine with.
1: I'm fine with it too. I think it's fun.
0: It's fine. But the, okay, the puns are terrible. The puns are terrible. I would argue that all those, all that exposition is like really just slows it down even more. Like Angela Weber did a really good. You need good, that
1: for a movie though. You need the exposition. Uh, for a, a big budget Hollywood movie.
0: Who is Old Deuteronomy before he sings Old Deuteronomy? De- <laughs> like, come on! You don't need that. Like, th- that's, no, no, no,
1: that's right. It could have been handled. And
0: also, like, he says it in the song, and it's what's cool about the movie, which also Kathy, shout out, pointed <laughs> out, is that you can hear the lyrics really clearly, and you can see that you can re- like lip read sort of. So, like, a lot of the words that you miss in the musical, you can really catch, mm-hmm. and part of that is just like a very clear monk strap singing like. Um, Jellicle cats meet once a year Mm -hmm. at the Jellicle Ball where we all rejoice. And now that the Jellicle leaders are here, Jellicle, you know, whatever. Like he says what's going to happen in the musical through chanting, whatever, chanting the poem.
1: And yet viewers didn't really get that, even with all of that, because so much of the criticism was this movie doesn't have a plot.
0: Right. Right. But I don't know if the exposition really helped the plot.
1: Okay, that's fair.
0: It certainly didn't help the pacing in the movie. That's fair, too. And pacing is one of my big, big issues. A lot of this just has to do with pacing.
1: Okay.
0: Also, like, all of the James Corden and especially Rebel Wilson, like, ad-libs really suck. All of them? Not all of them. All the Rebel Wilson ones suck.
1: Agreed. 100% agreed.
0: And especially uh, during Rum Tum Tugger when her ad-libs are literally interrupting the song. And we'll talk about that a little bit more when I get to the music part of this whole thing. But um, yeah, like having Rebel Wilson's dumb ad-libs and her dumb dance interrupt Rum Tum Tugger, which breaks the flow of the music. And it's not funny. It's kind of, it reminded me like where she does her little dance to to the trap beat. It's like something you would see in like a...
1: Shrek. Like a Shrek ripoff. Shrek
0: 3. Yeah. It's something you would see in like <laughs> Despicable Me 3 or something like that. You know, like one of those shitty animated films that like not a good, not a good animated film. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A really bad animated film where like it's so funny because we're animating Rebel Wilson doing a d- shitty dance to a trappy. Here's something for the parents. Something for the parents. Yeah. Which. OK, but I the thought parents cats, didn't like that. The but but parents didn't like that. One, two, Cats is in a kid's movie and mm-hmm. we already established that he wasn't making a kid's movie. And so it's just like that sucks. That Mm -hmm. really, really sucks. Mm -hmm. And Rum Dum Tugger, that number actually would have worked out just fine without that stuff.
1: That whole number is, and that's not my least favorite number in the movie. It's my favorite, it's one of my favorite numbers in the show, not my least favorite number in the movie. Yeah. But that whole number is a microcosm of suck.
0: It's all suck. In the movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't think it's all suck. It's a lot of it is suck. I don't think it's all suck. Milk, milk. (laughs) Milk sucks. But then Rebel Wilson, I look, Jason Gerulo, he grew on me as he grew on you.
1: He did. He did grow on me. The neutering joke. You didn't talk. the neuter- yeah, Oh, yeah.
0: That's part of the dialogue I'm talking about. Yeah the, yeah, neut- yeah. the neutering joke. That's almost the worst one. Yeah, I agree. The neutering joke about him singing the high notes. Oh, what a dumb joke.
1: Oh, God, it's so dumb.
0: And they keep milking it, too. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. They keep like they like go back to it a few times. Like the, she like they. Oh, oh, God such bad taste. Mm-hmm. That's bad taste. Yep. That is bad taste. Yep. Um so that is probably the worst of all the dialogue. Um and that brings me into my next um complaint, which is just about the music. Now I don't think the mu- I don't think he got it totally wrong with the music. There are some good things about it, right? Like but I think that he could have got I don't know who was the music consultant or who was the supervisor, but Again, like, Hooper got really caught up in his ego here. Um, Rum Tum Tucker is a good example. Like, actually, the band sounds really good there. It's, like, really funky. They had this new arrangement with, like, slot bass and stuff. And Jason Derulo sounds kind of like he didn't learn the song, but he does have a good voice. <laughs> and, like, whatever. It's, like, funky, and then it keeps getting interrupted by the dialogue, mm-hmm. which is totally takes you out of it. And, like, okay, but, like, some of it's okay. Like, Jellicle songs for Jellicle Cats, it is pretty happening despite the disco beat.
1: I hate the disco
0: I don't beat. like the disco beat, but even so, like, when you're I
1: watching... like the clapping beat. The Jellicle yeah, songs for cool. Jellicle Cats. Jellicle songs for Jellicle
0: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah that's, the, the clapping beat works, right? So, like, there were some good ideas. But
1: people are off, as we talked about the first time, they are off key.
0: Right, okay, so that's what I'm going to say. Is like, the band sounds pretty good. Like, the arrangements, some of them are pretty good. He had the actors sing live, right? Okay, so again, have your cake and eat it too. Actors sing live, cool idea. Actors who can't sing sing live, bad idea, right? Like, I don't like Rebel Wilson cannot sing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear an entire number of not only her not singing, but she's not even singing. Like, they didn't even put her seemingly put her in a studio and auto-tune her as mm-hmm. they could have. And I don't like heavy auto-tune either, but, like, they could have made her sound better than they did.
1: I also feel like if your goal is versimilitude, like, he did the same thing with Lamez, and And the goal of that was sort of, like, oh, like, authenticity, like, grittiness. Like, so they're really in, like, you know, late 18th century. I don't even know what his goal was. But, like, ostensibly the goal was, like, versimilitude. Is that really the target that we're having with cats? yes. Like, exactly. we really want authentic vocals
0: for right. cats That's of gonna help all us out. things.
1: Yeah. Helps <laughs> and, no one.
0: Right. And then, yeah. So, like, and, like, all of them, like, even, like, the little ensemble, not, like, lines, angelical songs, angelical cats, when, like, random cats, we don't even know who they are, sing. A lot of them are, like, out off out of tune, can't sing, weak voices. Yeah. Why? It doesn't make me feel more like I'm in an alleyway with human cats singing to me.
1: No. It doesn't.
0: Because that is not a thing that happens in the world. So why make it sound like shit? Um, It makes me really angry. And that also um, brings us into one of my biggest, biggest issues of the movie. Mm -hmm. Personal. This is personal. I don't know how many people are really with me on this one, but they use the British version of Bongo Jerry and Rebel Caesar.
1: I feel like we allude to this every episode. Good. I know. I, Yeah.
0: Because it's insulting They rewrote the song for Broadway Why? Because it was a shitty song It's not even really a song It's not a melody It's just like a weird Like Chant With a strange Like j- Pseudo jazzy beat Um And they rewrote it for Broadway Because it was a bad song And because In that part of the movie they, In the, that part of the show They needed a showstopper
1: An I feel like if you were Miss America This would be like Your platform <laughs>
0: What about if I was a politician? Yeah. Like running for office. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to hear the British version <laughs> of Mungo Jerry and Ripple Teaser again.
1: That was in like a Bernie Sanders voice. That was very.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, that's my natural <laughs> angry voice is sounding like a Jew from Brooklyn.
1: Also, let it not be said that we don't take a political stance on the podcast.
0: Oh, you were saying we do take a political stance? Yeah. Yeah, we take a political stance. Yeah,
1: it's it's a pro Bernie Sanders political stance, and also an anti Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser.
0: Yeah, like listen, like like, I'm telling you right now, Donald Trump, if he watched the movie, would like the Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. Do you think so? I don't know.
1: I love. I I can't do a (laughs) Trump.
0: Did he see cats? We should look up if he saw cats on Broadway. I'm sure he did.
1: Have we talked about this?
0: We talked about Trump himself because of his strange connection to cats.
1: Yeah, the connection. Do we think he saw it? Ka- Do you think that he would tweet about it? if He would absolutely tweet about it. He if would he tweet saw it about Ka- it,
0: but he would have—if we saw it on Broadway, it would have been pre-Twitter.
1: Oh, did he see it on Broadway? I thought you were asking if he saw the movie. Oh, the movie. movie. I'm
0: sure he did not see the movie.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if he saw the movie <laughs> <laughs> and liked it. Honestly.
0: Maybe, maybe Melania dragged him.
1: I bet Melania liked it. <laughs> I bet Melania liked She's it. She's anti-bullying, so she probably felt personally offended when people <laughs> bullied Tom Hooper. For his involvement, we're in bullying cast.
0: Tom Hooper right now. Yeah,
1: this podcast is cyber bullying Tom Hooper. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's sorry, on, Tom. It,
0: I do have some sympathy for him.
1: I have none, but <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I I agree with you on Mongo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. I do think it's one of the well. Here is my question. Okay, so get inside for a moment. Get inside Tom Hooper's head. What do you think was the reasoning behind that decision?
0: Well, I know the reasoning is because he grew up with a British cast album. Has he said that? I think he has said that or he said he's almost said that if not like we know he saw the movie he saw the he saw the West End production before it was even like on Broadway right and he got the album and he was like we know he was really into it
1: because my understanding is that like they don't even do that for the revivals like they didn't even do it for the 2016 oh, no. revival
0: oh the British version
1: no 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 the American the 2016 revival it was
0: they didn't do what
1: the the original British version of Mongo Jerry no, Mungo, no no no
0: Oh, you're talking about in England when they revived it, Did they do it? Is that you No, you're no, saying?
1: no. I'm saying that they, they, they do it for no revivals.
0: No, 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 no. The, this, this version has been out since the original London.
1: So it's, it's baffling.
0: Oh, it's completely baffling.
1: It's a baffling decision.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They rewrote the show to make it better, and then he went back to a version that was worse.
1: And he cast... Like, nothing against those actors, because they're not really asked to do that much, but... Like, that number in... I think the the term that you used in the first episode of this podcast is showstopper.
0: Yeah, showstopper.
1: That number is a showstopper. It's a showstopper.
0: And guess what? Cats need the showstopper at that point in in the show. Why is that? Because you're coming um, right out of Bustiver Jones, Mm -hmm. which is not a showstopper. It's a fat joke.
1: Yeah, it's an extended fat joke.
0: It's an extended fat joke. And so, yeah. So, like, what's going on here is... Tom Hooper is destroying a few showstoppers, right? So that's one example of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, we have um, Jenny AnyDots, right? Which is definitely not a showstopper. Well, a- actually, it's more of a... I'll say this. It's more of a showstopper on Broadway in than the it movie. is in the movie. In oh, the I movies, agree. Yeah. I, I I agree. Yeah, in the movie... They, so they already made that not so much of a showstopper. They have Ram Tim Tucker, which is a showstopper, right? But that goes into Buster Jones. Okay, so what happens in Bustopher Jones in the movie is they make it, like, two minutes longer than it is in the show.
1: (laughs) You Literally. That is also your platform as a candidate.
0: It's already a song that should be cut, in my opinion. Whatever, take it or leave it. Whether or not it should be cut, they shouldn't have made it longer for the show. They shouldn't have put more verses in.
1: Oh, in the movie? In the movie, I mean. Oh, so here's my theory about why that happened. Okay. It doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you.
0: It really bothers me. And this fourth time I saw the movie, it was bothering me more than ever.
1: (laughs) I... So... I apparently like podcasts that you're less likely to get like railed for defamation or whatever. So I feel comfortable sharing this, but there was a viral tweet that runner went around a couple of months ago. um, And the effect of the tweet was that James Corden made his wife and his child sit in coach while he sat in first class Okay. on like a really long flight once because he didn't want to be bothered by them. Okay. And, so what does that say about James Corden? Well, obviously somebody who puts their personal comfort and prioritizes it over anybody else's, including yours, Dan. Yeah. So I think that was the reason.
0: You think he wrote it in his contract?
1: I don't know if he wrote it in his contract. I think he was just like, listen, like, happy to do the movie. This song is too short. Like, we need to make it longer. Right. So was it, is it did he write extra verses or is it? No, it's in the show.
0: There's definitely, there's definitely verses in that movie that are not on Broadway. They might be on West End. I'm not sure. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I'll swear by it.
1: I don't think you're right.
0: Okay, we can fact check it later. <laughs> we can cut it out, but I'm pretty sure I'm right.
1: Because I think in the 1998 version, that, that number is interminable. No, I looked well. it
0: up. It's shorter. Really? It's, deb- it's absolutely shorter than 98. I I timed it.
1: Then he clearly demanded that because he's a he's think James Corden demanded it. I I think I so. I think it's
0: either that or Tom Hooper just was in love. Like maybe it's just what's on the cast version. And maybe Tom Hooper thought that it was really funny. Which it's not. No, it's not. He's it's wrong. It's disgusting. <laughs> so yeah, so after that giant fat joke of Buster Jones. It's
1: crass. Which
0: is not nearly as disgusting in the show as it is in the movie. Um, you need a showstopper, right? Like that mm-hmm. is like a little like it's 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 not a sad number, but it's definitely not an exciting number. Mm-hmm. So we need that big Mungo-Jerry Marble teaser with a cartwheel, we don't get it. And then after we don't get it, we get old Deuteronomy. <laughs> which is a beautiful song, but that de- but it's a ballad. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's like we've already set ourselves up for failure. Oh, and somewhere in there is Grizzobal the Glamour Cat. Do you know where?
1: Uh, that's before Buster Jones.
0: Before Buster Jones. Mm-hmm. Okay, so actually, so it's actually Giselle the Glamour Cat into Bustopher Jones, mm-hmm. into this boring Mungo Jerry and Rebel Teaser, into Old Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so but this is stuff. the first
1: act problem. That's, that's the source material. That's not the movie. No,
0: it's not the source material because in the source material, Mungo Jerry and Rebel Teaser is a showstopper. But the
1: sequence.
0: Yeah, the sequence, but the sequence, that's why they rewrote it, to make a showstopper.
1: And the first act is also like we I think we have discussed this and we agree that is weaker than the second act.
0: Uh, yes and no.
1: OK. I think that the, the um, issue with pacing is actually more evident in the second act than it is in the first act. OK. But I'm sure you'll get to that.
0: I am getting to that. So yeah. So basically like of course we know in the show. Basically. Yeah. I do think the first act of the show starts out really really fucking strong and then loses a little bit of momentum. Not too much. And then ends great. The first, the, the first act of the show is Jellicle Ball, mm-hmm. incredible, into the first time you hear memory. Mm-hmm. A short version of memory. And that's end of act one. Mm-hmm. Which is like very powerful. Mm-hmm. In the movie, Jellico Ball into memory... Into Beautiful Ghosts, mm-hmm. this new song, which I know you like, but whether you like it or not, it doesn't belong there. Because you have memory into Beautiful Ghosts, into Moments of Happiness.
1: Into? Gus the the theater, theater Cat. cat. <laughs> that's three ballads. You're right. In a row. Right. That's a, that's crazy. I'm sorry. That's insanity. It's insanity. That's, in, that's my least... That is the biggest fuck up in the movie to me.
0: Right. Because in the show, at least you have intermission. And then Moments of Happiness in the show. I should mention this. Like... The cats are like crawling through the audience. So even though it's like a weird song, it's mm-hmm. kind of exciting because it's just like a little lead up into act two. Mm-hmm. And at the end of Moments of Happiness in the show, they, the whole cast sings a little bit of memory
1: mm-hmm.
0: as an ensemble number. Oh, I didn't is, know that. Yeah. As an ensemble number. So it's kind of like, oh, we're hearing this melody again. It might be important later. And like, it's very beautiful to hear the whole cast do it. Gusty theater cat, so yeah, in the show already like act Act two is kind of a slow start, but it's can it's sort of beautiful at the same time in the movie there's no intermission, so you've got beautiful ghosts shouldn't exist, Taylor Swift could have got an Oscar if they had just left it for the end credits. she still could have been nominated, mm-hmm, right shouldn't be in the show, shouldn't be in the movie, moments of happiness in the in theater cat, okay, and then it. Again, it's not as much of an issue w- later on. But with Mr. Mistopheles, like, again, a showstopper number because of the dance solo. And now there's no dance solo.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's an issue. And that brings me into another big issue, which is the choreography. Oh. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Uh, the choreography, of course, we've talked about it. Iconic, the original, Jillian Lynn. Mm-hmm. A hero of the podcast. A hero of the podcast. Uh, may she rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's completely destroyed. There's not a lick of it. in is that true? As far as I know,
1: is Andy Blankenbuehler, the choreographer of Cats, a villain of the podcast?
0: To me, Andy Blankenbuehler is a villain. Well, <sighs> I don't know if he's a villain. I
1: mean, it's hard for me to to cat to put because. It's so evident, and this is, the choreography, it, the last time I saw it was actually the most glaring thing to me, uh-huh. um, because I, I appreciate what he was trying to do. Uh-huh. He was trying to modernize it. Yeah. He was trying to bring it into a new era, you know, by adding hip-hop, by adding sort right. of like free jazz, you know. Um, I I don't agree with the casting of Les Twins, but, you know, I I, well, I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. But, so I, I commend... And I commend that, unlike Tom Hooper, a villain of the pod, he seemed to have had something of a cohesive vision.
0: I agree with that. And actually, like, I think what he look, like, I don't think what he did with Jellicle Ball was, like, in any way improving what Jillian Lynn did. No, not at all. But it is cool. A lot of it's cool. Like, a lot of the choreography he does is cool. The, and
1: Not the boner tail twitching. Not no, that. No, no, no. no but that it, no, sucks.
0: Definitely not. But a lot of it's cool. And like a lot of it is just Hooper doing him dirty because the hip-hop shit, especially the Les Twins shit, like it's really, really cool when you see them doing it in real life. But again, like Hooper established this world in which anything could be fake CGI at any time. yeah So you see them do it and you don't know if it's real or not and it doesn't seem real. It doesn't seem like people doing it. It just seems like CGI doing it.
1: The fact that they keep their sneakers on doesn't help much either. Not,
0: not at all. Yeah. Right. So, like, I'm sure if I saw a show on Broadway that that they were in that Blankenbuehler choreographed, it would be really fucking impressive. Mm-hmm. It, but it didn't work in the movie. And it part, a lot of it was Hooper's fault. Mm-hmm. I also just don't think they needed to re-choreograph at all. But that's just my opinion. I think the original's were really great.
1: No. I I agree.
0: Okay. So... Before we moved on to what worked, mm-hmm. do, do you have, and I do argue that some things worked. Yeah. Do you have some other things that you wanted to mention that don't work?
1: So casting. Um, so a lot of the actors got um, shit on a lot in the reviews, um, like with all the eight, like fire agent comments. Yeah. And um, I think we established this very early on, but like, I think that some people came out looking very good.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Actually, like their careers will not be affected at all. Um right. I think Taylor Swift in particular um came out smelling like a rose. Yeah. In in part because it would be pretty hard to tarnish her reputation. Yeah. Um that was a pun by the way. Uh-huh. Oh, but nice. um please cut that. But <laughs> but also because she did a really good job. Like she really she turned it out. She committed. She committed. And that's ultimately like ultimately what determined whether or not you came out of Cats for the better or for the worse was how much you committed
0: I totally agree
1: and but that said there were some terrible casting choices and I feel like we would not be doing like journalistic due diligence if we did not call them out
0: let's talk let's hear it
1: I think Rebel Wilson far and away was the worst casting choice they made and also the worst production number and not because the that number is inherently bad but because of the way it was staged agree when my husband saw cats, he surprisingly, for somebody who has said multiple times that it ruined his life, liked pretty much everything about it except for that number. Yeah. He was like, that number was a nightmare. And it was. There, it it's unjust. It's unjustifiable. Yeah.
0: It's. Lizzie, I think, liked that more than most of the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Why? No idea. We'll interview her later. <laughs>
1: it's so. There's no explanation. It's, it's completely beyond. That isn't bad taste.
0: I, I agree. And I, it's another one actually where it's a big tap dancing number in the show. Mm-hmm. And there's this really cool instrumental section. Like it's, it's really good music. It's mm-hmm. exciting. And it was replaced with that horrible mice singing, children mice singing part.
1: It's also the British version, or the original um, British cast
0: oh, version. I yeah, had a feeling. Different
1: ending. Um, and she, but the, the problem with Rebel Wilson is that she has no talent. Agree. Ultimately. She can't sing. She's not
0: funny. She can't sing. She can't act.
1: Yes. So so we can move past that. We've established that.
0: Bad choice.
1: Bad choice. Unpopular opinion, I think Judy Dench was a bad choice.
0: I agree. Oh my
1: god. We agree on everything.
0: Great actress.
1: Great actress.
0: Admire her work, Dame Judy. Uh not a good old deuteronomy.
1: Not a good old deuteronomy. Not because she doesn't have gravitas, because she does. Um but because she can't sing.
0: She At can't all. sing. She and can't- I actually I do think she has gravitas, but one, they just did her dirty with how they made her look.
1: Yes. The makeup was terrible for makeup her. The makeup
0: was terrible in the costume and the CGI. But then two, I don't know. I just don't really like her as old dude. I just don't. Honestly, I don't like what she did with the role.
1: To be fair, they gave her nothing.
0: No, they didn't give her much. But they also like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess like Ian McKellen did an incredible job.
1: One of the worst moments in the movie actually involved to me, and it's not when she breaks the first, the fourth wall. It's um, which I think is kind of like campy and fun and tongue in cheek, but when she says, when when Victoria says, "Actually, I was abandoned," and she says, "Oh, you poor dear," and then in the same breath she goes, "Would you like to watch me make the Jellicle choice?" Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that's another example of this dumb, that's Tom, dumb, that's... clunky dialogue that I was talking about. No,
1: I think that's Tom's fault. Um, but those are the only two casting choices that I really take issue with uh-huh. What do you think?
0: I agree with that. I agree with that. I think ultimately, Jennifer Hudson kills it, she does her thing, it works. I think that idris Elba also like with what they gave him is kills it kills it, really commits, and is great. Jason Rullo, I didn't like it at first at all, but he actually kind of grew on me.
1: Yeah, every time you see him, he's yeah, better.
0: He's he he it, it grew him. It works. It works for Rum Tum Tugger.
1: Listen, can he act? No.
0: No, but come on, like it works. It, it, he, he does his thing. Taylor Swift, I love like kills it, and um like Robbie Fairchild, hero
1: kills it. Hero of the hero pod. hero
0: of the pod. Robbie Fairchild.
1: Please, please come please on the Come
0: pun. on. We're definitely gonna reach out to you at some point. Um please come on.
1: Actually, I have in my notes for what worked. I think the three breakout stars, the newcomers, um yeah,
0: I Fra- agree. Francesca Hayward. I
1: think is great. We I love you. They give her nothing to do. Yeah. I think she really she she's a beautiful dancer. Oh my I god. Th- I think she can sing.
0: I think she's actually the only I would argue that she is maybe the only dancer in the movie for whom it, the cgi didn't matter at all like you could see that great it was great point like her dancing is so fucking strong that you could like see her human dancing through the cgi and yes. I, not for a second did i think that's fake or that cgi or anything like that and
1: none of the reviews pointed that out yeah none of the reviews were fair to her
0: she's incredible and i like as someone who knows absolutely nothing about dance like it's it, it, i think it means a lot when i notice a dancer
1: stephen mccray skimble shanks great same I have never been at a screening of cats where people haven't gone fucking buck wild over that number. Yes. It and is the best
0: number. So this is kind of a good um, segue into what worked.
1: Yeah. Okay. Great.
0: So I went to, as you know, I saw it for the fourth time with our friends on Friday. <laughs> yeah. And I went to a rowdy screening, which now is the, pretty much the only way to see cats is to go to a rowdy screening. Mm-hmm. And these rowdy screenings, I've been to two of them now, one with you, one without you. And I've started to realize that they're not quite what I want. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that Cats is still being shown and people are appreciating it however they want to appreciate it. It's not necessarily how I want to appreciate it because what I want is like a theater full of people like us Uh who the way we get rowdy is to like sing along and cheer the parts that are good Mm -hmm. and what they really wanted to do was like make fun of it and like what really bugged me was like people who hadn't even seen it before and were just like using it as an, as an excuse to like work out their stand-up, basically. Yeah. They were like shouting out things that they thought were really funny. Most of the time it wasn't funny. And they were shouting over the movie and like doing interacting with the movie in, like a very obtrusive, like
1: What did you tell me about the guy way. making the Iowa caucus joke?
0: Ugh, this guy behind us kept <laughs> making these awful jokes, and I hope you're listening because you fucking suck. Like yeah, like this is wor- this is more confusing than the Iowa caucus or oh something my like that.
1: God. No, that's not what this is for. It's
0: not what this is like. Well, it's not what I wanted to be for. But then there's also another really annoying girl doing the similar things like, you know, whatever. But it's, ultimately, I'm so glad these screenings exist. Maybe it's not how I want to see it, but it is what it is. Um, but here's what I noticed. Mm-hmm. There were a few moments that were undoubtedly good. And the way I can tell was that the audience shut up during these moments. hmm. It was so good that the audience actually, I wanted them to shut up for the whole movie, even the bad parts. Mm -hmm. They actually shut up. And those moments were the opening song, Jellicle songs for Jellicle Girls. Oh, that's
1: not a good number, but okay. It
0: is, come on.
1: The way they shoot it?
0: It's still fucking good. The the song is so good with the clapping beat. The song itself is... I love the clapping beat.
1: I do love the clapping beat. The
0: song itself is so compelling. The music is so compelling, even with the bad singing and all that shit, like, that people shut up. Like, I agree with you, it wasn't shot. It could have been better, but it's still pretty cool.
1: And Robbie Fairchild has some time to shine. Yes. Yeah.
0: They even, they, look, they try to ruin it with Mitchell Mythopolis, and they still, it's still good. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> I texted you once. I, I think it was apropos of nothing. Like, what do you think about the fact that they add uh, magical cats yeah. to Jellicle? <laughs>
0: and you to knew gel- what I would say.
1: Yeah, and you said, what do you think I think of it. it sucks <laughs> it sucks It's I hate it so much the pandering
0: whole, the whole rewriting of the character of Magical please, mm-hmm. is dumb but yeah we'll
1: get into that we'll get into that it's all I want to talk um, about
0: okay so Jellicle Ball was another time that people shut up mm-hmm. um, really yeah it's cool look like the, that dance sequence when it really when it really gets into it it's fucking cool
1: even when Rum Tum Tucker says it's party time with your permission people shut up people shut up I hate that part
0: mostly the stuff that happened before that and after that but yeah um, it's cool Gusta the theater cab. people shut the fuck up oh thank god when Ian McKellen does his thing there's nothing like I mean like when he first started or whatever there were a few people shouting like Gandalf Gandalf like Ugh. Sir Ian what are you doing or whatever but mm-hmm. like come, like once he starts
1: how can you not how can you not <laughs> he rocks and rolls
0: right um, and he makes Dame Jibby look really bad by comparison yep um, Skimble Shanks people were yelling do- when he was doing his slow tap because it was like his sexy slow tap or whatever. Okay. But then once it built up, they couldn't fucking say anything because it's so awesome. when he's Did tat, they cheer? They didn't really cheer because they were too cynical, but they shut up, which to me was like the ultimate, like, this is good.
1: When I was at the AMC, so it's at one theater left in New York, um, which is the AMC Village um, on the Lower East With side. the exception
0: of the Rowdy Screenings.
1: Yes, with the exception of the Rowdy Screenings. And um, when I saw that, um when we saw that number, everybody stood everybody cheered.
0: Yeah. It was Uproarious. Yeah. You, you should cheer in that number. It's and when the cats the-
1: made a train, oh my God. Every yeah. people if people could stand up, everybody would have stood up.
0: Absolutely. Um McCaylors with McCavity. Again, like when she first shows up, people shout Taylor or whatever, but by the end, um, they certainly weren't. Shouting at her. They were just, like, kind of in awe. And they they sang along a little bit. But that's what I like. Like, I want a reality screening where people sing along. What I don't want is just, like, them doing stand-up.
1: Can I tell you about a YouTube review I saw um, that said something mean about that number? Please. It made me so angry. So... They had a lot of the same criticisms that we just voiced, um, including the bad sound and the bad singing one. But they listed Taylor Swift as an example of bad singing. Well,
0: people hate, you know, people love to hate Taylor.
1: I mean, look, I don't do. I think she's the best singer in the world. No. Do I think she sounds good in that number? I would stake my life on it.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: If a terrorist were holding me hostage and they were like, please tell me, I'll let you go.
0: People look, Taylor's very triggering for a lot of people.
1: Do you so you think it's just a purely emotional reaction?
0: Absolutely.
1: People, people. This this person was like playing her version of McCavity next to like the 1998 version, and I think she sounds way better than the 1998. Yeah, version. I mean it's a
0: different style. Like she's not like a belter.
1: Yeah, she's not a belter. She's not like a broad, like Broadway baby, mm, right. you know, type <laughs> style and thank singer. Thank God
0: she's not, because I don't want to hear a Broadway baby sing style.
1: Me neither. I want to hear like a like a sexy, sultry, like poppy cabaret. Like, and she fucking knocks it out of the park. She
0: absolutely does. She's amazing. She commits.
1: Oh boy, does she commit?
0: Yeah. Um, and then finally, memory. People shut up for memory. They, they, again, they were like they were yelling going into it, and then once Jennifer Hudson opens her mouth, they shut up.
1: They didn't make the comments about her snot. Like they
0: did, they did, but that was happening through the entire movie.
1: Yeah, I mean. Again, another person that Tom Hooper did dirty. Just give her a fucking tissue.
0: Okay, yeah, let's talk about that. They not only <laughs> they not only have snot running through down her nose almost the entire movie. She's also the only cat that who they make crawl on all fours.
1: I noticed that this time around, and I have an explanation, and it's called racism. Absolutely. Did you what? think the same thing? Yes.
0: <laughs> What's the other explanation? It's absolutely ra- we have a black woman in the in, in the in the in the cast here. And by the way, like, yeah, like it's we're not Francesca Hayward is also, I think, mixed race, but like they make her look white. Right. Another girl. criticism. They whitewash her completely. Mm-hmm. Idris Elba's the bad guy. He's black. Right. And mm-hmm. then Jennifer Hudson is a good guy, but they make her crawl on all fours.
1: Well, I, I actually interpreted that as her being like a stigmatized character. Uh huh. And also remember what we talked about last week is that the cats get on their feet on two feet when they're dancing and they're emotional and they get on all fours when they're
0: in the show. Uh,
1: no, in the movie. In the movie. That was the guiding principle of the choreography of the movie. But they're
0: almost never on all fours.
1: Well, they're always singing. Right. <laughs> and then they have her on all fours. Yes, in in rags. Yeah. Spulking
0: away in rags on all fours.
1: Yeah. And that was uh, yeah. They she he did her dirty.
0: I think it's racist.
1: I. It's possible. You know, I, I'm i not going to disagree. Look, neither of us are black. Spoiler podcast yeah. listeners. Not yeah. we're both Jews, white yeah. Jews,
0: both white Jews. Um, so, you know, we don't, we're, we don't really have authority to talk about this, but from our white Jewish perspective, it seems like this might be a little racist.
1: Yeah. It's a little <laughs> racist and, um, she kills it.
0: She kills it. Of course. Um, and yeah, like what else do you think was good?
1: I actually have something. So this is both good and bad. Um, So it seems, and this actually um, pertains slightly to um, us accusing Tom Hooper of racism, if we're really going to say defamatory things. Okay, Um, And we are. (laughs) Okay. Um, So Mr. Mistopheles is basically the one character um, from the show that they completely reinvent Uh in terms of his personality. Yeah. So as we've established in previous episodes of the podcast... Mr. Mistopheles, based on numerous clues, such as his light-up jacket, the twirling, 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 and presto, yeah. uh, is gay in the 1998 production.
0: Yeah, in the Broadway version, in mm, the gay. West End version. He's gay.
1: Gay. He's gay. And amazing. Oh, yeah. Just, just perfect. Absolutely. No reason to change
0: him. No reason to change him. He's the best. He's probably, I would, I would, look, I don't have a statistic for this, but I would bet, if there was a way to find this out, that, like at least 75% of people who see the show on Broadway, would if you ask them who their favorite cat is they would say Mr. Mustardflies.
1: Um absolutely yes. Uh 70 yes, I I agree with you. I think that's a fair estimate. 75% of Broadway viewers probably definitely like children under 12. Literally, Mr. Mustardly is my favorite character right. except for my son who's a pervert as we've established. Well,
0: whatever, it's fine.
1: Um but um but the, for some reason they thought it necessary to take his This amazing, openly LGBTQ character and turn him into a bumbling straight man. Yep. um, Played by Laurie Davidson. Who can't dance. Who can't dance. Who doesn't dance. Who is a magician, but like a shitty magician. Yep. Um,
0: Like who maybe can't even really do magic.
1: Yes. Except like at the 11th hour, like all of a sudden. Well, but again. Because of the love of a good woman. Victoria. Yeah.
0: I think this is, I think it's arguable whether he even does the magic.
1: What do you mean? What's your theory?
0: My theory is that old Deuteronomy saves herself.
1: Why is that your theory? What what, what evidence do you have? Well,
0: the way it's cut is like, the way it's cut is like she's about to walk the plank, Mm -hmm. right? Let's assume that the movie is shot where, like, when they're cutting between locations, they're doing it in real time. Mm -hmm. So she's like on the plank before the entire song of Mr. Semistopolis has even been sung. Mm hmm. So I'm pretty sure she saves herself.
1: So within the intervening five minutes, she apparates herself.
0: Well, yeah, gets her, fights, fights Macavity or whatever. Somehow gets herself. Let's assume it's apparating from uh, the barge on the Thames to behind Mr. Mistoffelees in time for his song.
1: Mm-hmm. And you think she does it herself? Yeah. That's a very feminist interpretation. I'll give you that.
0: Yeah. I think it also makes sense, but whatever.
1: I think that the way they, frame I disagree. And I think that the way they frame it in the movie is Tom Hooper being like, because it's, it's sort of like right after Victoria kind of encourages him to believe in himself. Right. It's a very like manic pixie dream girl framing. Sure. Like
0: I'll take that too.
1: Um, so at first when I saw sort of like the straight, what's the, what's the equivalent of, of whitewashing pink, wa- straight washing.
0: Straight washing. Yeah, I
1: don't know. It, but I don't know the word for that. Me neither. I need to, You know, I'm an ally. Like I, I, <laughs> Just to be clear, I'm an ally just because I don't know this word off the top of my head. Don't <laughs> question my credentials, our gay listeners. But um, the first time I saw that, I was like, this is appalling. It was, it was by far my least favorite part of the movie, actually, yeah. that they felt the need to change his character. But the last time I saw it, look, I'm still not defending the choice, I think he did a great
0: job. <laughs> oh, um, you think... Um, <laughs> Laurie, Davidson Laurie Davidson did, did a
1: great job.
0: job. Yeah, I don't think he did a bad job with what was given him.
1: I don't think he did a bad job. I think it was... Do I think it was a good choice? No. Do I appreciate they made a choice? Listen, a little bit convenient. They did it with the openly LGBTQ character, but... Yeah. So, actually, I don't think it's a good choice, but I think he did a good job.
0: Yeah, I agree. And at least they cast an openly, famously openly gay man as Gus the theater cat.
1: That's true. The only openly gay A-list actor for a while. For a while. But, 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 they sort of imply that Gus the theater cat and Old Deuteronomy have a thing. Do they? They do,
0: indeed. I thought it was just that he was like really respected her.
1: The evidence, point by point. Okay. They exchange looks when she first comes in. Significant looks. That is the introduction of Gus the theater cat.
0: I thought that was just him being like, please pick me, please pick me.
1: Oh, I thought it was like Gus, old Deuteronomy, like, oh, we had a thing. Like they're nodding across. I
0: I don't think that can be, I don't think that's for sure.
1: May I proceed to my second point? Okay, sure. When he's auditioning. Yeah. The leg
0: raise. Oh, yeah, you're right. She does have the hots for him.
1: She has the hots for him. Yeah. She shows him her pussy.
0: (laughs) okay sure
1: does she or does she not
0: she has the hots for her. yeah you're right you're right he has the hots for him.
1: whether it's reciprocated is unclear but she has the hots for him
0: yeah you're right you're right you're right
1: is she a hag maybe who knows
0: <laughs> who knows not for us to say i think he just wants to be chosen
1: you think so you think he's pandering to her yeah he's using his sexuality
0: i don't know He just, he's not look he's not we don't see that he's just using his his acting talent <laughs>
1: Anyway, openly gay man, openly gay man playing, you know, perhaps coded straight character Uh or, you know, gay character who's trying to appeal to a straight female. Right. Who open to interpretation. Yeah. But, you know, sort of the reverse of what happens to Miss But anyway, do I think it's a plus? No, because I don't think the decision should have been made. And I think it's an offensive decision. But do I think that Laurie Davidson does a good job? Yes.
0: That's one of the good things about the movie one of them is him
1: yeah okay okay i'll take it he's not bad in it he's good
0: i agree so i want to ask you right now Mm -hmm. do you agree with me that with a few small changes this movie could be one of the best movies of all time and those changes i'm talking about in brief no cgi um Mm -hmm. more money is spent on just like makeup, prosthetics and the set and get getting good cinematography, a cohesive vision for, for art direction and all of that. They adapt Julian Lins for choreography for the big screen. Hooper isn't such an egomaniac <laughs> and consults actually consults people who are experts in their field to make sure that his vision is consistent and makes sense. And they cut the, sh- they cut the songs they're supposed to. And the pacing is better and they don't use shitty dialogue.
1: I think if even two out of those decisions that you just listed were made, the movie would have been maybe not the best movie of all time, but a really good movie. Mm
0: -hmm. Like you think that people like universally it'd be a really good movie or for us it'd be a really good movie.
1: For us it'd be a really (laughs) good movie (laughs) because there will always be people who hate cats.
0: Yes. But I think that they could have made this movie with just those decisions I just listed in a way that people liked it as much as they liked the musical. Well, or at least that people who liked the musical liked the movie too.
1: But I think this goes back to the original question of like, well, why did the musical succeed and why did the movie fail? Uh You know, like I'm not entirely sure that the musical would have succeeded had it come out today. Right. And I think that a lot, like a lot of my reason for saying that is a lot of the reason why the movie failed.
0: Well, it wouldn't have been made today. Yes, or if it had been made exactly as it is, you're right. It certainly wouldn't succeed.
1: I don't think so. I think it was made in a very specific coke fueled weird fucking time, right? And it's not the same context in which like movie musicals today are successful, right? Um, You know, even the movie musicals I love that are equally, you know, dumb in my opinion, like Mamma Mia, like they don't. They're not as singularly weird as Cats is. Totally. You know, they're just like dumb pop musicals. Right. J-box even musicals. like, even, yeah,
0: like the other um, mega musicals or whatever, like Les Mis, Phantom, uh, Miss Saigon. Like they all have way more standard plots than Cats Cats do. Yeah,
1: cats. exactly. It doesn't feature fucking cats. Right.
0: Like <laughs> Phantom's weird, but, but it's like, it's still just like makes sense. It's still about people.
1: It's a love story.
0: It's a love story. It's about people. And, and like cats it's,
1: isn't a love story. Yeah. Yeah. Cats is crazy.
0: It's not a love story at all.
1: It's a pagan musical right. about cat horny cats. Yeah. Yeah. Horny suicidal cats. <laughs> that is crazy. And so... It's
0: insane. And it, yeah. It only could have happened in a Coke-fueled 80s. 70s, 80s.
1: Like, do I think that the movie would have been successful you know with that source material alone i don't know i really don't Uh i kind of don't think so i don't what do you think
0: i don't know i mean you're right like it took so long to make the movie as we've discussed like if, if this, maybe if this you know maybe if they had made it in the early 90s or something it could have worked um but I think you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, I would love to believe that if this movie had been made the way I think it should have been made, that people would respect it at least. Mm-hmm. And that people would enjoy it the way that I think I would enjoy it. But you're right. I mean, it's definitely not a musical for our times. In a way. In a way, it is. It's like we need that. Like, think about this, right? The Masked Singer is one of the most popular te- shows on television right now.
1: That, yeah, that's true.
0: We, as a society, as a culture, are... Like sort of demanding these completely absurdist, like escapist uh, art, art television or movies, art forms, Mm -hmm. uh, because we're going through a pretty crazy time in the world and as a country. So maybe there's a world in which cats could have been that.
1: And is it about to be?
0: And is it about to be?
1: We'll find out next week when we talk about the new life of cats.
0: We'll see you next time on podcasts.